Okay, there you go. Yeah. We're done. This already feels very youthy. Yeah. We do giveaways on every Sunday. You uh, are. <laughs> but usually it's weird things that you find around. Yeah, we're going to throw some Skittles at them, but it's fine. <laughs> Uh, I want to make I want to make sure we get a chance to introduce everybody before we start. Uh, so my name is Matt. I'm uh, serve on the high school ministry here at Grace. I'm a lay guy, uh, and I have the pleasure actually have served with each of these men in some capacity. And I'm I'm glad that they'll get to introduce some of their ministry philosophies to you and share some wisdom. Do you want to start? You, you're Matt is Matt also does HR, so he actually did the paperwork for a lot of the people who've been started two weeks ago. So he's he's well aware of your your payroll cycle. <laughs> My day job. You were thinking about that Thank when you. we were like, how long has he like, worked here? Yeah. Wait, we're, are they in a business trip right. and they just started? <laughs> What's the insurance? See, I like that. I like, like that. that. HR is fun. Uh, uh, look forward to Matt's upcoming book published with Crossway. HR is fun. <laughs> it's a real short book. So uh, we're going to get through intros really fast so we can get to the meat of it. Uh, Crossroads is our college ministry. You serve as the, the college pastor here. Each of these guys has multiple jobs because we give multiple jobs to the busiest guys at Grace Church. But we're going to talk about your student ministries jobs. Crossroads, high school ministry, junior high ministry, and also children's. Uh, so we kind of have everything from birth to graduate, college graduate represented here. Uh, but we're going to talk primarily about student ministries, so junior high, uh, senior high, and a little bit of, of moving into college. Can you just talk about what does the ministry look like on, like, what does your, we'll start with you, Jay, yeah. what does junior high ministry look like at Jay's, Grace Church? Yeah, so we meet right here in this room that you guys are in. We have about 125 to 150 seventh and eighth graders that Come Wednesday night and again on Sunday morning. Wednesday night is a little bit more laid back. We do small groups on Wednesday night. Um, it's crazy. We're trying to split that massive group up into about 12 or so um, small groups and requires a lot of leaders, as you can imagine, and spend a lot of my time trying to disciple and care for the leadership within junior high ministry. We have two staff meetings a month. I also try to meet with one of those small groups, the leaders, uh, every Wednesday. So just kind of cycle through those groups. And you preach just about every Sunday. I preach every Sunday, and then I have a, an intern who preaches on Wednesdays, and we kind of trade. Great. Josh? Very similar structure. Sunday mornings, we're here during second hour down here in the basement. Wednesday nights, because we're a bit larger, we meet in regional Bible studies. So there'll be two Bible studies that meet down here in the valleys, what we call this area. Then up in Santa Clarita, we have two other Bible studies. And those are, uh, Bible studies will be a shorter teaching time, 30 minutes, more interactive. That's going to facilitate the small groups uh, where students are with the same small group leader every single week. And then very similar with meeting with our volunteers, equipping them as well. About 50 volunteers, about 300. 250. 250. For college ministry, we have a class that meets on Sunday mornings, uh, second hour in the Family Center, and uh, we also do things to minister on campus. Uh, The last two years have been uh, unhelpful uh, to do campus ministry for us, and uh, for example, our UCLA group was not on campus until two weeks ago. 
So we've been off campus for almost two years meeting here at church instead. So uh, during the, the normal flow of things, we have studies on campus at all the universities that surround us. Uh, we call it Grace on Campus, uh, similar to what you'd experience with lots of the Christian parachurch organizations, but ours has a real um, direct connection to our church. And so different guys lead those studies at UCLA and USC and Cal State Northridge and the Masters University. And then we come together here on, on Sunday mornings to go to church and to have our, our college um, Sunday school class together. So most college students and high school and junior high students will come to two services. They'll go to the worship. We encourage them to go to the worship center, hear Mac or whoever's preaching that day, and then, right. yes. and then come. Yeah. If you're going to one service, we say go to main service. Go to main service. Yep. Yeah. Josh, I think you came up with the title. I will take the blame. Above I all. mean, I knew right away and, because of yeah, what yeah, it yeah. is. What, so strange. Yeah, Ministering it is. to students. It was a Marvel attempt. It was an attempt at capturing the Marvel crowd. Oh, I, was it Doctor Strange? Yeah, it was, I, mess, I totally missed misread yeah, no, this. Get it. Just I thought it was that. a summer yeah. camp title. I totally blew this thing. My so bad. why strange? <laughs> yeah, you know, Jesus, Jesus calls his followers to follow him, uh, forsaking everything else, treasuring him above all things. And in order to follow Christ, that does mean forsaking the world and much of youth ministry of the past 50 years has been here's how to be a christian save the world and still be cool and that's not really a biblical concept first peter four um first peter four again says in all this they talking about the unsaved world are surprised that you do not run with them so that's where i was going with strange there's a you know the world would look at it someone who's trying to honor christ the values that they would have and think that's strange. And for a student, that is a big cost of following Christ, but that comes with following after him. And so what I thought would be helpful is to think about youth ministry more in regards to the goal. We're trying to create students that are so committed to Jesus that it might cost them reputation. They're not concerned about being strange. Exactly. Okay. Uh, maybe if they are concerned, they're willing to put up with it because Christ is yeah. better. And so okay. that, that was, the, that was the, uh, the grid I thought it would be good for us to look through. Austin, the second part of the title of this, Ministering to Students in a Hostile World. You've been in youth ministry. You've done junior high, senior high, and college now. You've seen it over seasons, world events. What – is it more hostile now? Is that your would – you, would you say it's more or just we need, now we're confronted with it? I mean, it's, it's, it's stranger now. It's more accessible now. Sin is, is um, you know, it, it, that's a tough question, Matt. It's a good question. And all, all the older guys in the room, you know, could, could answer it differently. But in some ways it's different because of some of the threats uh, that our, our world has put before us. Uh, threats to the concept of identity and gender. Uh, those are those are different threats. They're they're more prolific. They're more widely embraced and lauded. And that that transformation is undeniable on a societal level. And, and it's not just in California. It's global. So those changes we have to acknowledge that they're significant. So there's been significant shifts in the hostility. Um, and the agenda has been amplified, and nothing has changed because the heart of man is still desperately wicked, and the solution is still the gospel, and you don't need to read Carl Truman's book to figure that out. 
So it would help you but and give you some historical background on how we got here. But the short answer is uh, east of Eden. That's how we got here. And, and so I, that, that's how I think about it. I think, I think lots has changed, and there's lots of threats, and there's lots of, of dangers, but our hope is the same. Our message is the same. The, the problem and the solution are the same. Great. Thank you. Jay, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it is a tough question to answer. I think maybe just seeing the cultural Christianity dying out a little bit, you know, it depends on where you're from, where you live, but I think a little bit harder, you know, a little bit more challenging. It's just not as commonplace as it, as it once was, but I think Austin's answer is, is sufficient for sure. So possibly easier to recognize a stranger in this world than it has been in the past, even recent past. So, Josh, you talked about making disciples and that this is if, – if they're really going to follow the Lord, they're not as afraid of being strange. Talk to us a little bit about – and just in terms of when you're ministering, let's talk about your preaching ministry. Yeah. How do you make sure – what do you do when you're selecting – what to preach, how to preach it, that really helps you get that message across to students that are listening. Yeah, and I think, I, I think it's going to be different for all three of us, even in stages of life. I am very concerned that my students would know what it actually means to be a Christian, which is going to include what it means uh, to believe the gospel. Um, I, I think, uh, especially... Again, I'm thinking about this for our culture here at Grace. So it's a lot of students who've grown up in church that think Christianity is about being nice and following a certain set of rules and not trusting in Jesus. So I think our kids know the answer, saved by faith alone, not by works. But I I wonder how many of them would answer the question of how do you know you're going to heaven with, uh, well, you know, I've kind of, you know, we showed up and... I didn't get vaccinated during the COVID thing. And, and, and there's, there's certain things, you know, I don't know what wokeism is, but I'm not that, so I'm going to heaven. And instead of saying I'm a sinner, and if Jesus didn't die in my place, uh, then I, I would be absolutely lost forever. And so I think that's, that's at least the, the first part, is, is real clarity on the gospel, that you're committed to a person that you're trusting to rescue you, not just help you. Uh, save you. So I, that's the first way I'd answer that question. Okay. So clarity on the gospel. What what would you guys add to that, or what else do you do you think about when you're prepping a sermon? Yeah, I mean for for us, it's it's also very similar. Uh, junior high age. I think if uh, who who serves junior high students, just oh a bunch of you. Wow, well done. Um, I think for us, it's it is you know we are trying to make gospel progress. We are trying to really help them understand the gospel, like Josh just said. Um, there, there seems to be some confusion with that age group between salvation and sanctification. You know, they, they, they're like, oh, Pastor Jay, I got saved again. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's talk about it. Uh, you know, just the sin, you know, they, as soon as they sin again, they immediately start to question their salvation. Uh, so we're just trying to help them in our preaching, uh, you know, explain that, that once saved, always saved, and that God does call us then to grow as believers 
and you're, you're starting over, and it, there's going to be a lot of growth. There's going to be a lot of learning. It's going to be a lot of failure. I'm just trying to help them identify junior high-sized Christian fruit. Um, this is what it looks like. And so, you know, for us, it's trying to weed out some of that familial Christianity, uh, you know, where they might say something to Josh. I hear a lot of, well, you know, my parents are Christians, uh, or I've always been a Christian because my grandma was, and we all are Christians. And so just trying to help them start to think individually about the gospel, about their personal relationship with Christ, not their families. Um, so, you know, we, we try to try to attach that to our preaching. And I'm sure we'll talk more about this in a minute. But just also the, the you know, the joy of following Jesus, that's a... Uh, <laughs> that's a serious thing. There's a lot of things in this world that are entertaining and fun and consuming and attractive to young people and trying to help them understand how Jesus is better is it's a tough task, but one that we're just trying to be aware of, you know, trying to preach that more and talk about that more and why it matters. So, so Austin, <clears throat> when, by the time they get to you, they're making now a choice rather than being dropped off by their parents. Yeah, if they've made it through these two guys, they're complete in Christ. It's, it's Colossians one twenty nine, And I just, you know, basically the finishing touches on the painting. Uh, I grew up at Grace, Pastor Jay, Pastor Josh, and I just kind of a, and it's, it's done. You signed so, the membership out. Plating. We call that plating. No, it's our church is like your church. There's, there's a huge shift when... You, they get into their, you know, 18 and 20s, uh, those years. Um, Meg Jay, a sociologist, wrote a book called The Defining Decade, and that's what I think that she, she captures well uh, from a non-Christian perspective, just what an important era the 20s are for people. And with adolescence being elongated, uh, teenagers being teenagers longer than they used to, um, on their parents' health care longer than they used to, everything longer than they used to. Uh, the 20s become, you know, the college years. And so, you know, all these things are still true because we see a drop-off like you do. You know, there's kids who uh, now they're, they're not under their parents' uh, care anymore in the same way, and they, they, they leave. And so we're working with students who are in the process of that, who are trying to figure out, you know, if their faith is their own, you know, something that they'd learned since they were in middle school. Um, and they, I think a lot of the kids that grew up at our church understand the gospel. And, you know, they, they do have questions about assurance. They have questions about, um, you know, how, how our church relates to uh, lar- the larger Christian world. So, so some of that stuff starts to become a, a factor. But I, I'm just thinking when, when I'm looking at, college students, young adults in our ministry, uh, I know that their worldview is under assault, so I want to be mindful of the worldview and, and how I can equip them apologetically, how I can encourage them to be bold in what they believe, how they can bring the gospel into those conversations, uh, because they're still in a place where there's tremendous evangelistic opportunities, just like when they were in school and now on a college campus. So I'm thinking about worldview. I'm also thinking about worship. I want to build them into 
the local church in, an, in another way. You know, we, we baptize a, a, a few junior high kids at our church, you know, eighth graders, a few uh, each year, more high school kids, and lots and lots of college students. And so that's just kind of the culture that we've taught to, to kind of put me- church membership and baptism together. And in their significance. And you so, don't baptize, baptize them separately at, in college group. The baptisms happen. No, no, at church. Yeah, church. we do we do all our yeah. baptisms at, at church in front of the, the church on Sunday nights. And I'm just talking about the yeah. the age that they get baptized. That's a question a lot of guys have. And I'm I'm just thinking, you know, it's it's then when they're pledging allegiance to Jesus, it's then when they're starting to consider church membership in a larger, you know, amount of them. And so I'm thinking about helping them with their worldview. I'm thinking about helping them understand their responsibility to be worshipers, church members committed to serving uh, the church and using their spiritual gifts in the church. And then I talk to them about women, uh, worldview, worship, and women, or men, because they're looking for those. So... This, this is the age they're starting to get married. And do you do think about dating, who they're going to get married. Do you do a dating series? When I'm prevailed upon, I do one dating sermon. Sermon. Yeah, yeah it's called Avoid Sexual Immorality. So that's, that's my dating sermon. Pretty clear. I know some of you are more like into the, like a complicated, you know, uh, version of Old Testament betrothal uh, that you've adopted. And I appreciate that and how you think it's in the Bible. But I... Mine is more in the Bible, so that's my my data. Now you so, don't have to read yeah. Carl Truman. Matt, <laughs> Matt, can I say something about preaching real quick that yeah. Jay brought up? Great. So I think Jay was really good talking about talking about Jesus as better and more beautiful. And so confessions from you know the past. I I think when I was a younger youth pastor, I would say things like, "You've got to get really serious. You know, this isn't just fun and games. You got to go for it." And Kids didn't feel guilty, and they got to do better. One of the things I've really appreciated about Austin's preaching is he'll talk about God in a way that's not just accurate, but that's better. Like, oh, God, Jesus, that Jesus is a person I want to follow. God is so good. There's no one I could trust like him. And so if you are trying to have students who aren't like the thorny soil and captivated by the love of the world, you need to preach in a way that, that God is not only accurately taught, but more beautifully taught. He, he's, he's a better option than the world, which is something we can't necessarily always do. And I think it's also hard because it needs to be true in our own hearts first before we preach. But that's the prayer for our students is they would choose right. God, not because he's right, because it's, it's better. better. Yeah. And I think that came out a lot in your ma- – uh, uh, when people were talking about that more than they used to was when you went through Hebrews, which obviously that is the message of sure. – Hebrews. What are other? Oh, sorry, you wanted to say no, something. No, I, I think yeah. I, I think we're thinking the same thing, Matt. Yeah. I can just tell, um, and I've just filed an HR grievance against you. Um, but no, because I think where you're going is where I want to go, and I want to say this because it could sound like, you know, I preach on women, worldview, and worship, and these guys preach on you know the gospel. We're not topical preachers, yeah. though. There uh, is no. Topical. We're not topical preachers. We we preach the Bible to to youth to whatever. Kids are in the room, college kids, junior high, whatever. We're going to do sequential exposition uh, 99 out of 100 times. And there's times when we'll, we'll address something or do a Q&A or, or whatever, but we're, we're Bible teachers, and we get that call at Grace Church all the time um, because this is the perfect church, obviously, and we have all the answers, so people just randomly call. And uh, no, no sinners, no problems. It's, it's, it's all that you'd imagine. And... 
and people say, like, what is your curriculum that you use for youth ministry? They, they ask for that a lot. And so we send them the LSB. So, uh, right? I mean, that, that's our curriculum. I, I mean, but it is updated. Josh is, Josh is updated taught through, I mean, what's the last three series you've done, Josh? I did Romans. I did Exodus. And I think before that, we did Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Jay, Jay what did you do? What have you done lately? Uh, Colossians and Philemon. Yeah. Just finished those two. Yeah. So we, we're just, we teach the Bible. And, and, did, and we're mindful of who Job. we're talking to, but yeah, I went through the whole book of Job yeah. with college students. It took I a year barely and a half? survived. I was covered yeah. with lesions and boils the whole time. So. And you had we, you had no animals left. And no, I, I yeah, <laughs> all your chickens ran away. I still bear the scars. So. Yeah. Um, let's talk about one of the things that's really hard sometimes for youth youth pastors is you have a very short time. With, with students. Jay, you have two years, the way that our junior high is structured, for, and then sometimes people hang out longer than I mean, I was in college for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so. We could have a whole Q&A on that. But, we, <laughs> um, but measuring success, and this is something that, that is kind of problematic for any pastor, is how do you, how do you look at that and say, well, we want, to, we want students to be strange, in this hostile world, what, how do you tell if your ministry is producing that type of fruit? What do you, what do you use as a measuring stick? Um, man, that's a good question. I, I think I would, I would just go to a, one part of our ministry, especially with the volunteers, the leaders. Uh, two years is fast, and they come in in seventh grade, and, you know, they're it's junior high, so haha, they're awkward and smell and all that stuff. It's true. But seventh grade is really hard in small groups, and they don't know how to listen. They don't know how to answer questions. And every year, inevitably, when we get past winter camp and they're in eighth grade, all the leaders are like, we just had the best small group ever. And the kids, like, asked real questions about the Bible, and they listened for 20 minutes, and... I just need a minute to cry and praise God. I'm like, it's awesome, you know? And I'm like, they're ready for high school. So I think about, I was just looking at 1 Corinthians 3, thinking about how I try to encourage leaders uh, where Paul writes, you know, I planted, Apollo swatered, but God gave the growth. And I just try to encourage them in that. Like, look, you guys, we are, we have a role to play. And Josh and I and Austin, all three of us, we're, we're, we're ministry partners, um, we don't compete against each other. It's a joy to serve with these guys together as we minister to the students of our church. Um, how we measure that success. One of, the, one of the most unique things we get to see on like a Sunday night, high school kids getting baptized, college kids getting baptized. This is my uh, seventh year as junior high pastor. So those first kids are now in college. And I have people who still serve on staff We've been there seven, eight, nine, ten years more, and that's a joy to see when you're like, I can't believe God saved that kid. You know, you're just like, wow, <laughs> only by grace. Uh, but but it, it's a it's one way where you know we are just those those Sunday nights are are so encouraging. So I, I try to encourage our staff with that when I see it when I'm around it, like. Hey, that 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 young girl was in your small group. You played a part in that. You watered. 
you know, God gave the growth, but you were, you were involved in yeah. that and, and praise God. Yeah. So that's a great answer, Jay. And what, what I, I want to highlight is, is that I, I think what's behind that kind of thinking is that none of us are, are trying to operate our own little fiefdom here in our church. Youth ministry is uh, in the basement at Grace Church. You're sitting where, where they meet uh, for junior high and high school. But it's not in the basement in, in our hearts. It's, it's, not intended so to be, it's not intended to be kind of something different than what we're trying to do in the upbuilding of the saints in, in, in all the work of the ministry here. It's the same exact thing. And so how, how do we measure success? We measure success uh, the same way we measure any success. Are we being faithful to the Great Commission? Are we, are we showing Christ to be uh, the, the only way to, to know God? And then as people respond to him in faith, are we building them into the church? And so that, that's the goal, whether it's you know, some, some person. I just did an interview with, with a person joining our church who started to come because they were uh, going to the Thai temple, Buddhist Thai temple. You drove by it on Roscoe right there. It's the largest uh, Buddhist Thai temple this side of the Mississippi River. Uh, she was going to, to there with her family, like doing cultural stuff growing up, and some dummy from our church starts to date her, uh, which don't date Buddhists. This was, he didn't go to my one sermon. Um, but... <laughs> But she, she gets saved. They break up. She gets saved. She keeps coming here. And, and our goal for her is, is, you know, present her complete in Christ. And that's our goal for a sixth grader and a, and a sophomore in college. That's great. So you talked a little bit about sending them, kind of making them church people. They're, they're, you're introducing them to the church. They're not just part of this uh, youth club, right? right? So um, talk to us about at every stage, what does church involvement look like? in terms of how you're shepherding your people to get more plugged in. We can all just throw examples of this. The one you'll see this week, my daughter's in his youth ministry. She's a sophomore in high school, and she was registering the unregistered today. She also took my plate at lunch. Yeah, she's on trash duty. She did a nice job. It's good for her. Uh, So, I mean, there's, but you'll see, you'll see hundred and something high school kids this week serving people. And we're, we're explaining to them, like, this is an opportunity for you to be a part of the ministry of our church as we host all these guys and just love them and encourage them and care for them and give them a great week. And so there's that kind of thing. Yeah, our students help out with our children's ministry on Sunday night. We do something called Adventure Club. We have a bunch of the help with that. We're also, Matt brought up, we're very vocal even with parents. If your student's only coming to one service, send them take them to main service with you because you don't want them to graduate and look for a youth group. You want them to graduate and look for a church. And we don't, we don't do communion down here. We don't try to do any of that stuff. It's we're a secondary aspect of the main gathering of the body. Junior hires aren't helpful. So That's not I'm just kidding. That's uh, you know what? Honestly, Are there any offended they... junior hires in the room? That's Man. not true. No, it's it. not. You know, uh, similar, just, we just look for opportunities for them to serve a bunch of them stayed after church on Sunday and, and just set up chairs. Uh, they're, they're so happy to do it. They're so eager to do it. Uh, honestly, it's just looking for opportunities for them to do that. Um, and they, they love it. And the junior high gets such a bad rap that I'm like, this is just, I mean, these guys will knock it out. They can set up a thousand chairs in like eight minutes. Just give us I mean, the task. They don't do it because they love Jesus. They just want to hang out with their friends. And have a pizza. But if we I'm can, like pizza, yeah, there's they're pizza, like, yeah. but, 
We we try to use it, you know. Let's let's use the free labor and point them towards the glory of living for someone beyond yourself. You yeah, know? that's great. It's better than playing video games. They're here setting up chairs. I feel like it's a good it's a good use. It's awesome. Yeah, and they might not be the same as an adult who's who's helping out. They sure. maybe not as efficient, but we like that because it's helping them and the church in 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 many different ways. Yeah, we don't let them preach yet, but <laughs> I mean, we our our band thinks that. Nate, who's one of our volunteers in the back, is basically completely student-ran. And they're good, and they're getting better, which is awesome, but you could have easily had a bunch of adults down here doing it, but they're showing up, and they're finding out what my sermon's about, and they're picking songs based off of it, and they're checking their own hearts, because Nate's asking them to do that. So let's talk about that. So Because it also gives some shepherding and discipleship opportunity, right? You've got a student in front who is, you know, playing the piano, but then fooling around you know, in the back during the sermon. And, and that actually provides an opportunity to shepherd because there's expectations that get set. What sort of expectations do you have or do you set any of you for those who are volunteering or even those who are like calling themselves a believer in the context of the ministry? I mean, I think for vol- if we're talking adult volunteers, I think the same same principles would be used for students that are helping out sure. as well. Okay. Is I mean, all all ministry to some extent is modeling. So first Corinthians eleven, Paul's gonna say, Follow me as I follow Christ. First Thessalonians one, he's gonna say, You became imitators of us and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians three, join in following my example. And so if you're gonna have volunteers in your ministry, um, you need to be able to say, Follow the Lord the way that person's following the Lord. And that doesn't mean they have to be perfect. There's a big difference between the way a 21-year-old's following the Lord and the way, like, a you know, married 45-year-old's following the Lord. But it's good for students to see what following Jesus looks like in both of those stages. And so if we're going to have people up here on stage, we want to be able to say, like, those people are following Christ in a way that's exemplary. And so I, that's, that's sort of my grid is just, is it, are they following Jesus in a way I could say, do what they're doing? Right. Any others, anything to add to that? I want to ask, uh, these are more of popcorn questions, and then if we have time, we, we'll, uh, we'll open it up. Um, favorite, so not long answers, just a couple of easy ones. Favorite passage to go to, to an, when you're talking to a, a student that said, I just got saved. Where do you go? Scripture. I would, I would encourage them to start reading Colossians 3. I think okay. that's a great little chapter to help them start to think about the Christian life, just the mindset and putting sin to death and how we should be living and, you know, filling our, our lives with the word and our hearts with God's peace. It's a really helpful chapter kind of all packed in right there. You know, it's going to need some explanation, but I would, I would have them in there for sure. Putting off, putting on. Mm -hmm. Great. Psalm 19. Okay. Romans six. Okay. Who they are. Yeah. Buried with him, raised with him. Yeah, and that helps celebrate yeah. as well. And get baptized. Yeah. Get a little yeah. bit get baptized <laughs> right. commercial yeah. in there too. Yeah, great. Um, another just quick quick question. Your favorite or you think essential passages to preach or even a book to preach uh, to, to youth or just maybe it's just your favorite book to preach, but uh, maybe just a quick tidbit on why. So my, my answer would be, uh, I mean, all scriptures inspired by God, useful, profitable teaching, approved correction. So my answer would be pick one of 66 that you want to learn about 
and that you could tell me why they need to hear its message and then show them why it's so relevant to them. In any book you want, any passage you want, and find out from your own heart why this, why it appeals to you, and then think wisely about and pastorally about why this, this message is so vital for them. That's how I think about every sermon I preach and every series I preach. So that, that's, sorry, that was like the super spiritual answer when somebody no, says, so no, what's your favorite book? And I'm like, the Bible's ad- my favorite book. The whole book. Thing. Great advertisement for yeah. the Doctrine yeah, of Ministry program like, at the yeah. Master's because, Seminary. Yeah. Because I did want to take a minute and talk about the Doctrine of Ministry program. <laughs> that's the, the kind of discipleship seminary. you're going to get. But, Doug, you're getting into a good thing there because I think so often as youth pastors, we think the we always do think the practicality first. Like, how does this apply to their lives today? Right, or everybody's and, like, I'm going to teach First John. And then you find out it's the hardest book to preach in the yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah, so. But if you talk about God from whatever book yeah. and show, like, this is who he is and all yeah. his greatness, then you really can't Let the text yep. drive your agenda. Don't, don't, and that, that's my concern with the answers that we gave because we were talking about pastorally what our concerns are about ministering to students. And, and I think those are, those are pastoral concerns. We don't set the agenda. God sets the agenda for what, what they're going to experience as the word is opened up in front of them. And, and so we believe in expository preaching to young people. I was talking to Mark Center, who wrote that history book. Yeah. And he goes on, wrote, Mark Center is a guy who wrote a history of youth ministry. And uh, he said, you know, for the last two decades, people have been trying to find a theology of youth ministry. And he says, there's no such thing as a theology of youth ministry. It's a theology of ministry that you apply yeah. to youth. So That's what's right. ministry is going to involve preaching the word of God so people would see God become more conformed to the image of God. Right. Yeah. yeah. Helpful. And first Samuel is what I would say. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what advice do you get asked for from parents most frequently? Because all of you will meet with parents one way or another. Yeah. How do you stay in such great shape is what they asked you. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of protein. No, I, for junior high, I get, uh, I get a question a lot about, you know, my, my student isn't feeling super connected. You know, junior high is a hard transition. How do we do this? You know, what are we doing wrong? Those kinds of questions. Um, and there's factors, you know, big group or whatever. I just always encourage them the same way. Just keep sending them. Keep encouraging them to come a few weeks in, and they'll uh, th- this thing will turn the corner, and they'll they'll be mad when you don't come. Um, so I, I do get that one a lot. Just how how do I help my junior higher fit in? Uh, it's all very new too, and junior high just to offer yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's just a, it's so much transition and so much happening in their life anyway. But um, that's that's just the you know just keep sending them, keep coming them. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll try my best even to just kind of pay special notice to that, you know, that student, make sure they're connecting with a leader, doing our best to serve them and that family so that they feel connected. But I do get that one frequently. Yeah. It's hard to pick one. That's the most frequent. I will get asked, what do I do with my student because they're unsaved? I think that's a, that's a big one. We get asked a lot and you keep loving them. You keep sharing the gospel. You, you can't save them. You can't save them. Is is you could do all the right things. My, I became a Christian in a family that my parents were not believers, and there are super godly parents here whose kids want nothing to do with the Lord, and it's it's up to God and His sovereignty. Uh, but it is helpful that you know. I think some parents feel this burden that like I need to really get serious, and get serious means everything's a heavy lecture, 
And uh, there's been times I have to tell mom, like, you know, sometimes it's, or dad, it's, hey, sometimes it's good just to still take your kid to ice cream, talk about whatever sport or movie that they're into, because you, you love them. That's, that's, you want them not just to be right. You love them because you, well, you love them. They're their kids. So yeah. I think that's helpful. Right. Um, parents, uh, college yeah. parents, most common question is, uh, why won't you make my adult child obey me? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. That's another. That's that, a whole other Q&A. That's too. another strange panel Ooh. for another time. But, Ooh. yeah. Um, <laughs> we have a video. We do. Cool. Yeah, let me talk about that. Uh, Austin, thank you so much. Austin's going to go Austin. sneak off to He's going to be the next session right now. So if you guys have any questions, we're coming to the end. Um, so if you have any other questions, you're welcome to talk to JRI, uh, we'd love to get to know you, especially if you're a newer youth pastor. You're trying to figure this out. Um, Jay and I will just pretend like we know what we're doing. And, and, Matt, and yeah, talk to Matt also. Matt's, Matt didn't mention he says he's a lay guy. He serves as an elder at our church. So we're involved in a lot of areas and specifically in high school, which we're thankful for, for that. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, that we have, so many of us in this room have, to minister to young people. It is, uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, they do keep us humble. Uh, They often prevent us from thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. Uh, And yet, Lord, we are also thankful because of the eternal work that's done. Uh, These souls that come week in, week out to these junior high, high school, college ministries, I pray for these men as they're ministering with young people that through them, uh, students would see the word, they would see see you, um, that they would see uh, what it means to be a Christian from the lives of the volunteers that are modeling Christ-likeness to them. And the end result, Lord, is uh, we want students that love you. We don't want good kids. We want transformed kids that are devoted to you, uh, wanting to tell the world about you, and are committed to following you in their life. We thank you for the time we've had today. Pray you bless these brothers as they continue to seek to grow in ministry. Pray these all these things in your son's name. Amen.